Actually, before we pray, uh, let me just give you a little summary for tonight. We are in um, our fifth week of talking about the power of language. And uh, it's been a real good one. Last week, um, it, it had been a few weeks since I preached. And I was kind of more like a fire hydrant than a drinking fountain. And we, we covered a lot. I probably I listened to the sermon after and I was like, I could have stopped three times. Like it was, it was like three sermons, uh, and it went long. And tonight is kind of like that. Um, so, so get ready because it's eight thirteen, and we're supposed to be done by eight thirty, and uh, it's it's not going to happen. Okay, end of the year, we'll just start stretching the the time to be later. Once we get to summer, uh, it will finish at nine o'clock. Okay, we'll just use the time that we have because it's summer, but. While it is in school, we try to finish by 8.30. I'm just telling you, it's not going to happen tonight. Um, we good with that? All our 18 and under crew? You guys good? Okay. Tonight's a good one, okay? Tonight, next week, is our last two messages in uh, talking about the power of language. We're going to cover the two commandments uh, of the Ten Commandments. In Exodus 20, whew, pay attention, okay? Exodus 20, Ten Commandments given by God to his people on how we should live as God's people. Um, two of the ten uh, directly deal with what we say. I mean, some of the others, like honor your parents, definitely speech is a part of that. But we'll cover um, tonight um, not to use the Lord's name in vain. And the next week we'll talk about uh, giving false witness, okay? Um, so let's pray and ask God to come and speak to us much like he did in Genesis, amen? Let's pray. Father, um, thanks for tonight. Thanks, God, for being present. Lord, I do believe that you were speaking to those who were intently focused on you tonight during uh, praise and worship. And Lord, uh, in this time, I pray that the same would happen. Those whose ears are attentive to your voice and whose hearts are open to you, God, I pray that you would really speak to them. Those in here, God, who maybe are distracted and their attention is elsewhere, God, I pray that um, you would reel them in and give them something special as well. Um, thanks, God, that you reel us all in because at one time or another, God, we were the ones who were distant, and God, you brought us in. So Father, uh, just like you did in Genesis, where you spoke and life came from nothing, God, I pray that you would speak tonight and uh, bring forth, God, things that you have thought about for eternity for us. Um, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> Let's start there. So Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is the first sermon uh, that Jesus spoke and shared with the people, yeah, the Jewish community in Jerusalem, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 9 and following, his disciples come and they ask him, or Jesus starts teaching about prayer, yeah, and I just want to focus on verse 9. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. 
Jesus says, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So in Jesus' first sermon, Jesus' first time on the scene, the first lesson that he gives on prayer, the number one thing that he addresses in this prayer, this kind of like instruction here. When you pray, this is how you should start your prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. When you, when you find uh, and you study what that term hallowed means, it, it means like consecrated or, or separated or set apart for a, a specific purpose. And, and I, I kind of like this. If you go uh, and, and you do like a Google search definition for consecrate, you'll actually get like a religious definition for this word like the world doesn't have a definition for consecrated because the te- the definition like the word consecrated means separated set apart for a divine purpose like there's no uh think about it there the word consecrated doesn't exist apart from god set apart for a divine purpose the word consecrated will not exist if the divine himself doesn't exist. Kind of cool, yeah? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your name, God, shall be lifted up and set apart amongst all other names. No other name like you, and not, other, not only no other name like you, no other one like you. Amen? So let's just start right there. Jesus comes on the scene and he says that the name of our Father, the name of the Lord, should be honored. It should be set apart as holy. It should be used in that context. Amen? Okay. So Exodus 20, verse 7 is uh, the commandment that we are focusing on tonight. And hopefully we can get through this pretty quick, but it's a good one. Amen? So Exodus chapter 20 is the Ten Commandments. Amen? So you get down to verse 7, and as is familiar, most of you guys have heard it before. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Let me just read that one more time. Okay? So the Lord is speaking to Moses, yeah, right after he says, you shall have no other gods before me, you shall not make yourselves a carved image, yeah, comes on to the third one and he says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. So let's break this up in in two parts, okay? So um, when we're talking about um, this command, how many many of us... uh, have interpreted this verse as in not using the name of the Lord like a curse word. Like, yeah, like a slip of the tongue. Amen? Where you're like, two phrases, bap, bap, you know, and you're like, hey, yeah? How many of us interpret, like, when, when we read this verse, it's like we shouldn't use the name of the Lord in a swell, like in a swear word phrase. Anybody? Hands, hands. Yeah, that's pretty much how I had 
interpret it too, but in further looking into what is happening here, there's actually, it, it goes a lot deeper than just using God's name in a swear phrase. Yeah? Um, so much more than just a slip of the tongue. So when, uh, let's take, so two parts. You shall not use um, the name of the Lord in, in vain. So uh, when we're talking about that word vain, it it's means empty, yeah? Or, or emptiness of speech, to, to treat without reverence. That kind of makes sense, yeah? So we already are moving ourselves outside of that arena of just a swear word, yeah? or a swear phrase into something a little bit deeper where we would treat it as if it was common. You guys get that? Like the name of the Lord is so much more than just the name of the Lord. Why? Because it's not just a name separated from a person. The name of the Lord is actually connected to who? Yeah. The, per, the person of a God. Really, it's just our, our articulation of like who he is. You know what I mean? Like think about it. God is like, I mean, if God is really God, he's so much bigger than we could ever imagine. All-knowing, all-powerful, the creator God, the one who existed before anything else existed, like the pre-existing God. Like God spoke and we all came into being, amen? God thought and we all came into being. Nothing thought and then God came into being. Like God was just present. All of that is somehow gets encompassed into like this consonants and vowels. So when we're talking about like Using God's name in vain, it's, it's so much more than just the word, but there's some emphasis behind it. Why? Because the word is our like expression of the invisible God. You get it? Like it's, it's, it's so much more than just letters, but it's, it's letters that we, uh, we speak that articulates who our attention is is focused on, where our heart's attention is focused on, where our mind's attention is focused on, when we're singing our songs of praise and we're lifting up prayers of adoration to to God, when, when we say, like for us, right, God, G-O-D, God. I mean, it's just three letters, but we understand that that, when, when, we, when we say that, that word God or even Jesus, there's some sacredness behind that. There's some holiness attached to that. Why? Because it's not just holiness attached to that. Like it's, we can use those words to communicate with the invisible being. So God is saying, when, when you use my name, when you call on my Call on me through this name that I, that I give you. It, it's not just empty letters put together that produces a word, a name, but, but it, gets my, it gets me going, you know? Like the name of the Lord that gets him going. It, 
it, it is almost like our initiation into a conversation. Like, hey, Jesus. And what happens? You can, you can get the attention of our God. So when we use the Lord's name in vain, it, it's not just the, the name, but it's the one attached to the name. You guys get it? Like, I'm not just, I, I want to separate God from his name, you know? Like his name, he was present before he had a name. You get it? Like how do we know of God? God had to self-declare who he was. Okay, so let's, let's get into, you guys, oh, this is good, okay? You guys ready? Ready? Okay, so uh, let me just give you guys like a list of, uh, uh, how many of you have ever looked through like a name list of God? Name list, pretty action, yeah? Okay, the name list, somebody, you guys got, some of you guys got the poster, yeah? Okay, um, so, uh, so in, in, in Scripture, there's like, the God, they, they under, the people understood that God was more than, that God did stuff. He was present, he was available, and so they, they would give him names, amen? Like, there wasn't, there couldn't only be just one group of letters that produced like could describe the indescribable right so we have uh uh el shaddai yeah el shaddai it's the god almighty the mighty one of of jacob amen uh we got a bunch of them i'm just gonna choose some we got elohim yeah The, the creator the mighty the strong god amen that's good uh, we got um, Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. Yeah, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. His strength is sufficient for me. Ching 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 ching. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the first little remixes for us in Pukanas days. Jehovah Jireh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had this song with Stay uh, Irie, and we were like, "What? That's junk." Let's stay holy. Okay, so Jehovah Jireh, right? Uh, he, he is our provider. Everything that we have, the, 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 uh, the air that we breathe, the fact that we can breathe, you know, uh, it, it's all from him. Amen? Recently, people have been asking me, like, kind of common, right? Hey, how you doing? And recently, my response has been, I have no complaints. I have no complaints. Like, I have everything that I need and more. Like, is everything perfect in my life? No. But do I have complaints? No. You know? Like, there's some things I'm praying about. There's people I'm praying for. And there's things that aren't all aligned in my life. But do I have complaints? No. Why? Because Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient. Right? I mean, our sins, my sins are forgiven. Like, God has not only forgiven me of my sins. He's given me salvation. He's given me, like, the body of Christ. Like, my family, health. Like, seriously. He is our provider, okay? Um, so we got Je- Jehovah Rapha, yeah? God is our healer, amen? How many of us need God to be our healer sometimes? Hey, amen for that, okay? Jehovah Nisi, yeah? The Lord is our banner, yeah? Um, I love that, like, 
He's the one who goes before us in this parade, this banner. Like God is our, our covering, right? That's a song that we sing. His banner over me is love, love, love. You know? And it's not just his banner over us. Who is over us? Our God is over us. And as the nation of Israel, they're going through their battles, they understand that what? Like our God is not just like on his throne in the heavens. Where is our God? Our God is here, present, and he's over us. He's covering over us. Amen? Um, Okay, just a couple more. What do we have? Uh, uh, Jehovah Kadash. I don't know. It's probably not how you spell it or say it. But anyway, it it, it is our, our Lord is our sanctification. The one who purifies me. Amen? And this name was given to God pre-what? Pre-Jesus. I think that name is even more fitting now that we understand the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen? Like we can be of great encouragement tonight. Why? Because we have a God who is able to purify us of our wrongdoings. Amen for that? Hey, that's a good little hearty amen because we, we need that. Okay, so this name giving, yeah, start, started uh, the first time that we, we actually get an, a name for God is in ex, Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. Okay, you guys can turn there if you guys, if you guys want. Um, So Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And, and who gives God the name? Just take a guess. Anybody? So this is a conversation that God is having be, between Moses. And where does the name come from? Yeah. God's like, I'm just going to tell you what you should call me. Okay? And in, uh, in the early uh, Hebrew writings, there's, there's no vowels. And so we just get four consonants. Y. And we get a H and a W and a H. And we kind of like have named it like Yahweh, but nobody really knows what it actually sounded like. Because it's a dead language, nobody speaks it anymore. But along the way, they added a couple vowels to yeah Yahweh and then along the along the way yeah it also uh transferred to to Jehovah yeah or Jehovah so Jehovah Yahweh Y H W H all the same and it's self declarative like God is talking with Moses and he says this is what you should call me and it's like it, it means the existing one. The one who existed before anything else existed. Like, I'm going to give you my name. Why? Because you, you don't have, like, anything to describe me. So let me give you something so that you can know how to address me. The early Hebrews, they... Uh, valued and, and, and presented the, 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 this, this four-letter consonant phrase that God gave so much that uh, eventually they stopped, they stopped using it. 
because they understood if anybody used the name of the Lord in vain, not, not even close, like I don't think at that time nobody ever even used the name of the Lord in a swear phrase, like not even close. Like it was just like, did I use that phrase of God in an unworthy manner? Like people would get capital punishment for using the, like you read it in, in Leviticus and people would die because they misrepresented God's name. But what I want to communicate to us tonight is that it's, it's way more than just whether we use the name of the Lord in, in a swear phrase or not, but we'll, we'll get there, okay? Let's go, to, um, let's go to Matthew chapter 12. We, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is where um, the, the Pharisees uh, look at Jesus and they, they say that he's, he's demon-possessed, that he's casting out demons with demon power. Yeah? Like he's defeating Satan because he's Satan himself. Okay, so ultimately the Pharisees are attributing the work of God to the devil. They're saying the work that you're doing, Jesus, is from the devil. It's not from God, who you claim to be the son of, or you claim to be. It's actually from the, the father of lies. Okay? Um, go to 30, 31. So we're talking about speech, yeah? So Jesus says, Matthew chapter 12, verse 31. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy, what is blasphemy? Like what does it, what muscle gets used in blasphemy? Yeah, your tongue, right? Your mouth, okay? Like the things that we say, okay? So Jesus says, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. It's like Jesus, right? People were mocking him. People were teasing him. People were like, all the people that were mocking him were the very people that he went to the cross for. Amen? Hey, pay attention. Yeah? Like those people were forgiven if they asked for forgiveness. Amen? Like those are the very ones that Jesus went to the cross for. Okay, Jesus continues, he says, whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come. Okay, so what are some of the questions that pop up? I thought we were forgiven of all our sins. So now we find out that there's an unforgivable sin. Dun, dun, dun. So what is the question? Yeah, what's, that's what I would want to know, right? What's the unforgivable sin? Like if there's a sin that is unforgivable, hey, that better be number one on your list of things not to do. So this unforgivable sin, you've got to understand that it's, it's, it's not something that you can do in one moment. It's not like lying, cheating, murdering, adultery. So it's a sin that has attached to it 
time. And along with time, choice. Along with that choice, this. The knocking of the Holy Spirit on your heart, in your mind, in your life. So, when we're talking about the unforgivable sin, it's this choice day after day after day, moment after moment after moment, where we deny and we, we deny the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. When we do as the Pharisees did, and rather than giving glory and praise to God, we give our glory and praise to created things for the good that is happening in our lives. You understand that? That the good that is happening in my life is my doing or it's just luck, or it's just chance. It's not God who's doing the good in my life. It's me or other people around me. It's everything except for God. I mean, look, what what did the Pharisees do? The Pharisees looked at what Jesus was doing, the good things that Jesus was doing, the great things that Jesus was doing, and said that he was empowered by Satan himself. That doesn't even make sense. That something good would come from something so bad. Think about that. And yet, many of the people in our world today do that very thing. That they see the miraculous, and rather than giving the miraculous uh, maker the attention and glory for what he does, they give attention to the created things. The common things. And they treat God as if he's just like any one of us. And by doing so, they're holding the name of the Lord in vain because they're not giving the name and the one who's attached to that name glory and praise and blessing for what he has accomplished in our lives. You guys get that? Okay, so ultimately, the the unfulfilled Unforgivable sin is, is a choice and a choosing to not participate with the Spirit of God in our lives. Day one, Jesus comes and says, Hey, Bianca, I love you. I'm going to send you to Peru. And you're like, I don't want to go. You know? And then you actually go. Like God doesn't listen to you and he makes you go. And then God's like, Bianca, I got you here in Peru. I want to meet with you every single morning. And every single morning, you choose not to pray. You choose not to read your Bible. And God is waiting for you every day. And the next morning, and the next morning, and the next morning, you choose not to pray. And you choose not to read your word. And he's like, okay, okay, that's all right. I will get your attention by the sunsets. And so he gives you like the miraculous things to look at. He shows you crazy animals and creations. He sends people by your way to tell you about the Lord and to encourage your faith. And every single moment when God comes and visits you, you deny that it's actually God doing it. And you never participate with the Spirit of God working in and through you and around you. We understand? It's this lifetime of denial that God is present, that God is real, and that God loves us. 
let's talk about the, let me just read a little bit. So uh, a great website for you guys, gotquestions.org. I love it. I use it all the time. Thanks for letting me use you, Bianca. Okay. Amen. Gotquestions.org. Super good. If you ever got questions, type it in there. Anyway, so uh, what is the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Let me just read this. For all the gifts given to mankind by God, there is none greater than the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let me just read that again. Of all the gifts given to mankind, there is none greater than the actual presence of God in the form of the Holy Spirit. Amen? What kind of spirit? The Holy Spirit. The very spirit of this God that we're talking about. The, the, the existing one. The all-perfect one. His spirit. Post Jesus is living inside of all those who call on his name. Good. Okay? Uh, the spirit has many functions, roles, activities. First, he does a work in our where? In our hearts. Amen? First, he does a work in our hearts uh, for all people everywhere. Jesus told uh, the disciples that he would send the spirit into the world to convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. The spirit is teaching us about our right and wrongs. Amen? How many of you guys feel guilty sometimes? Hey, that's a messenger of Jesus telling you that you know better. Amen? It's not just your parents. Like, especially if we call on the name of the Lord and we have a relationship with him, sometimes that guilty feeling gets us back home. Amen? Some of us wouldn't pray as much if not for that guilty feeling. Amen? How many of us understand when we live lives that are righteous, like we actually make the right decisions? It's not us, amen? It's evidence of the right one in our lives, amen? Uh, you can find that in John 16, 7 through 11, if you want to read that more, okay? Uh, everyone has a God conscience, whether or not they admit it. The Spirit applies the truth of God to the minds of man to convince them uh, by fair and sufficient argument that they are sinners, responding to that conviction brings men to salvation. Is following me? So really, the Spirit lives in all people. Why? Because all people are created by, by God. Amen? All people are created by the creator of people. Like not your mom and dad getting together or, you know, male, female getting together and reproducing. No, no, no. It's, it's God who's creating Humanity. Amen? Okay. So once we are saved, we belong to God. The Spirit takes up residence in our hearts forever, sealing us with uh, the confirming, uh, certifying, and assuring pledge of our eternal state as his children. Jesus said he would send the Spirit to us to be our helper, our comforter, our guide. You can read more about it in John 14. Um, the Greek word translated here as counselor means uh, one who is called alongside. So who's alongside us? The Spirit of God. Okay? So the unforgivable sin is denying the one who is walking alongside us. Or not even walking, like just alongside us. Inside of us. Chirping in our ears. Knocking on our hearts. Moving us to respond to His grace and His love and His forgiveness and His word. Amen? The unforgivable sin is when we deny that love of God 
To deny the Holy Spirit is to deny God. Hebrews 10, 26 says, if we deliberately sin, even after we've come to this realization of who God is, there no longer remains a sacrifice available for us. You guys following me? Like, what is the one way? You guys know that demonstration I do all the time? Like, right hand, God is holy and he's... God is holy and he's sinless, right? Left hand... Humans are not holy and we are full of sin. Get it? And there's distance created because of sin. The solution is Jesus. For us to deny Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit is to deny God. Okay, so maybe you're asking me right now, what is, uh, how does this apply to um, using the names, using the name of the Lord in vain. So similar to giving our attention or our praise to th- created things rather than the Creator, using the Lord's name in in vain is to say. You could state it this way: is to say that I'm a follower of Him but I don't actually follow. That I'm a lover of Jesus, but I actually don't love. Where we have the tattoo of being a Christian, but we are not Christ-like. And that can come with our speech. It also can come with our actions. Listen to this verse. I read it, or we've read it a couple of times, but in light of like the name of the Lord, listen to this. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Is that fresh? That's fresh right there. Colossians 3.17, Yeah? Whatever we do in word or in deed, let us do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not just in the name of Jesus, but do it in, like, on behalf of him. So flip that the opposite. The unforgivable sin to to use the Lord's name in vain would be for us to almost identify with Jesus, but not actually do everything, word or deed, in the name of the Lord. We do it in what? Our name. Somebody else's name. For somebody else's credit. Where we understand that God gave us life, but we are attributing the life that we have, not to the life giver, but to everybody else around us or other things around us who has gotten its same life from the life giver himself. Jesus said, so going back to Matthew 12, 36, Jesus um, says, In the end, everyone will give an account on the day of judgment for every idle and empty word that was spoken. 
every empty, every careless word that was spoken. Amen? So not only using the name of the Lord in vain, but just empty words that we say, empty words that we message, yeah, empty words that we post, gossips, liars, cheats, all those things. We'll talk more about that next week when giving false testimony, like lying about somebody else. Like we'll be held accountable for those things, Amen. I love, I love how uh, I was reading this one commentary and he phrased it, the heart speaks or the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Amen? Like uh, our words reveal our hearts and our words will determine our eternity. Heavy, huh? Like we're talking about the power of language. Let me just read that again. Our words reveal our hearts and our words will determine our eternity. Just a, just a couple more. We're, we're just about finished. You guys are like looking at the clock like, I gotta go. We're, j- we're done. You guys are good. So uh, Jesus, in the same Matthew chapter 12, he says, verse 37, he says, for by your words, you will be justified. What does justified mean? Treated just as if nothing happened. Amen? And how are we going to be treated just as if nothing happened? Come on. By our words. Yeah? And, and what specific? Like repentance, you know? Like coming to God and giving God praise, coming to God and saying, God, I'm sorry, God, I need you. Like those words, by those types of words, we get treated just as if nothing happened. Like all the power of the cross gets released on our lives when we call on the name of Jesus. When we say, Jesus, I need you, Jesus hears our words, he sees our hearts, and then he responds. Like by our words, we're going to be justified, but also by our words we're also going to be condemned. Because if we're not speaking, Jesus, I need you, we're probably going to be speaking, Jesus, I don't want you. Jesus, I don't need you. Jesus, I'm not going to give you any of my time, any of my attention. I'm good on my own. Jesus said in the same chapter, if you're not with me, you are against me. It's black and white. There's no gray. We're either with Jesus or you're not with Jesus. we either giving him the time and attention that he deserves, the credit, the glory, the honor, or we're taking it for ourselves. And even if you're taking a little bit of pride, a little bit of accomplishment for yourself and not for him, that still is like you're robbing God of his glory. And that is wrong. And that sin in and of itself, left unforgiven, will lead you to hell. By our words, we'll be justified. By our words, we will be condemned. A couple great promises, two promises, and we're done. Proverbs 13, 3. It's a good one, like a little memory verse. The one who guards his mouth also preserves his life. Proverbs 13, 3. 
Yeah? If we guard our mouth, we also preserve our life. You know? Like, preservatives for the most time aren't good to eat, you know? But we want our lives to be preserved. You know? We want our lives to go a little bit longer than it should. Amen? And how do we get, like, the, you know, the uh, expiration date on our lives to go a little bit longer? Like, eternity longer? It would do us well to guard our mouths. Good? Come on. Good? Yeah, that's good stuff right there, yeah? That's what Solomon, the most wisest of all men, he said, hey, you want your life to, like, do well? Guard your mouth. Okay, and the last one. Uh, many of us have heard this before. Uh, Psalms nineteen fourteen. Some of you, this is probably your, your memory verse for your life. Yeah. Anybody here? Proverbs nineteen fourteen. I mean, Psalms nineteen fourteen. I'm gonna start reading. You'll be like, oh, I totally get it. Why? Because I sing the song all the time. <laughs> Let's stand. Let's stand as I read this, and I'll close in prayer, and we're done. Out of here. Ah. <sighs> Proverbs, uh, Psalms 19.14. Jesus, let this be our prayer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Jesus, I just, we welcome your Holy Spirit to come and do a mighty work in us, God. So what is inside would be clean and the clean that is inside of us, God, would come out of us. God, if the words that we use or have been using have been anywhere close to hating and lying and gossips, God, I pray that we would understand that that is a reflection of what is on the inside of us. And, And so we just invite your Holy Spirit to work in our hearts, work in our lives, so that what comes out of us is only love, grace, peace, joy, and encouragement for others that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart, God, be acceptable in your sight because we understand that all the words that we say, God, are in your sight. So Jesus, forgive us for the evil words we've spoken. And Jesus, give us your spirit so we can speak life to all those who hear. Amen? Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.